0: Hey, good morning. Uh, My name is Mike Braidaway. I'm not the other Mike. So if if we're looking for that guy, he's not here. He's actually here, don't worry. He's just not here. Uh, So I love this clip because it reminds me that we live in a time and a place where we have so, so many choices, right? From the little things like what goes in your coffee to bigger questions like, where am I gonna to go to school? Who am I gonna marry? Do I rent or buy? Do I take this job or another job? There's so many big questions. It's a luxury, right? But it's also overwhelming at times. All these different choices, just not only just the sheer number of choices we have, but who gets to make the choices? We make choices now that used to be determined by the family you were in or where you lived or your level of education, and really the color of your skin, and maybe even your gender. I remember my mother-in-law telling our kids when they were growing up that when she got out of high school, there were only three choices as a woman. You could be a secretary, a teacher, or, guess a nurse, right, yeah. There were those three choices that they had. And today we've got so many more things. But it brings up this question is, Has life gotten more complicated or easier over time? So tomorrow is my birthday. So tomorrow I will be... Yeah, you go ahead and clap for that. Yes. Tomorrow is my birthday. I will be 57 years old, which means that I will officially qualify as a historian. So I can say things now like, remember when we used to do this? So I'm going to do that right now. So... Back in my day, things were different, right? We used to listen to the radio. And if you wanted to listen to your favorite song, you had to listen to the right station at just the right time. And if your timing was impeccable, you could hit record on your cassette player, and it would tape your favorite song, and you could listen to it whenever you wanted. Now, there was arguing in those days about what radio station you'd put on at home or in the car, it would be true of shows as well, right? You'd watch the TV, and you had three choices. And that depended on what direction the antenna was pointed, if you got all three of those. And we would sit there and argue about who, got to, who had to get up and turn the channel. <laughs> Exercise involved. And then later on, it became arguments around who gets to hold the remote. Because if you held the remote, you controlled what the entire family watched. And so there's lots of that going on. In gaming, and by gaming, I'm talking about board games, you had choices around, you know, what, what piece were you in Monopoly? Were you the shoe, who wouldn't want to be, or the iron? Great, how did that come to be? And then in Clue, were you Miss Scarlet or Mr. Green? All those choices that we had. When you went out shopping... You had to go to multiple stores because generally they carried one or two of the things that you wanted on your list. But now, things are different. Now you can watch or listen whatever you want, whenever you want it, in, all the, in the way that you want it. And if you have to wait at all for any of this, it feels like we are being oppressed, right? <laughs> if a commercial comes on, you're like, oh, what are we, Amish? You know, like... <laughs> How long do we have to wait? If you look at all the options that we have now, Hulu boasts that it has 1,650 shows and 2,500 movies that are available. Netflix, on the other hand, has a whopping 100,000 movies and television shows that offers us. And our streaming services that we have, we don't even have to do this anymore. It'll pick the next show for you. It'll ask you, and if you do that long enough, Not that this has ever happened to me. It'll say, are you still there? Uh, So you have all these different options, right? And now the entire family can sit in a room together and they can all be listening to or watching your own favorite show or your favorite song in complete quiet, right? It's not like the old days. In video games, now gaming is video games. I remember Noah and Sam... My, my two sons, we used to, I used to try to play video games with them and I could never quite keep up. But I was always amazed at the amount of time they spent on changing their avatars. So your avatar is your character in the game. They would change facial shapes and things like that. Hats, clothing, sweatshirts, shoes, you could all switch as you were playing the game. One, I didn't have that much attention span to sort of figure that stuff all out. And two, I was just trying to, to get the game But I realized maybe they weren't that goofy spending all that time because back in my day, we had Johnny West. Maybe things aren't quite as different as I thought that they were. Uh, And now you don't even have to go out of your house to shop. You can shop all over the world, anything you want, and have it brought right to your home. This also affects how we think about church. You can go and listen to any preacher at any church on any subject at any time you want. And for that reason, thank you for coming to Storyline (laughs) this morning. uh, Because we realize that it's a choice that you have, right? And uh, so we're used to having all these things at our disposal. We don't even think about it anymore. We just, in fact, have come to expect it. We want everything to come our way. In some ways, even God. Right, We want a God on our terms, custom-made for what we like. We can pick the attributes we like. We can put God on the side of the causes we like and disregard the rest. We want him to complete our dreams. We choose how we would like him to act. We choose what's right and what's wrong and expect Amazon God to deliver what we want, when we want it, the way we want it. Now, there is an upside for sure to living life this way, right? We have this amazing sense of control. It makes the world feel safer. This minimizes surprises. It protects us from unknowns. It connects me with like-minded people who make the same choices I do, and it maximizes my satisfaction, my freedom, my pleasure. And nowadays, there's hardly any arguing, right? (laughs) What's there not to love about my world? mm mm-hmm. There is another way to have your favorite songs be played, and that's just tell Mike Cook, hey, I've got an idea for a song, and they, the amazing band plays it. It's, it's so cool. Now, we said that there's an upside, but there's also a downside to this enticing customer-made kingdom that we have, right? And maybe some of you have experienced it. As the more things that we get to pick, we begin to have less tolerance for the things that we didn't pick, right? The people who make different choices than us. And this oftentimes can isolate us because we end up being with people that are as much as we can, just like us. And knowing that we could create this perfect world and it doesn't turn out that way, lots of times it ends up being, it creates creates anxiety for us, right? Why didn't it go the way I planned it? The modern, in fact, the more choices you have, the greater the anxiety you can around life. Even just on, we talked about there being 100,000 Netflix choices, right? It's the reason why we spend 20 minutes trying to pick out a 30-minute show, right? It's because what if I get this wrong? There's all this pressure in the world that we choose. I remember one time we were camping as a family, and we had our pop-up camper set in the, in the campground there, and we were sitting around eating breakfast, and Sam, who's my youngest sits in the back now and and videos uh, the storyline services when Sam was like 10 years old uh, we were going through our plan for the day and Sam continually got vetoed in his plans for the day and he was getting madder and madder about what was going on and Sam finally had had it he was tired of us telling him what to do trying to run his life he wanted to be in charge and so I said okay Sam what'd you have in mind I think you might be right And so I said, you say what you want, and I'll write it down. I've actually got this piece of paper right here. (laughs) I said, Sam, you write down what you want. I'll write it down, and we'll make it true. So Sam dictated his demands. I, Sam, am now in charge of my life. (laughs) I will put myself to bed. I will get my own food. I will pay my own way to exhibits. Apparently that was a big thing. I can stay up, eat whatever I want, go wherever I want. I am in charge of me. Signed, Sam Bradaway, Co-signed, Mike Bradaway. <laughs> right? So Sam grabbed his towel and some snacks and he headed on to the other side of this little lake where we could see him most of the time, right? My wife thought this was a very bad idea. Uh, and just full disclaimer, I should never write a parenting book, right? <laughs> So as Sam is out there all day, uh, we kind of look in our watching for him. And you wonder, when did humans start thinking like this? That we have to have everything that we want. Is it because of the cell phone? Is it that darn TikTok? What's the cause of this? Was it social media in general? And while we've got all these technological uh, great setup for us to be able to live in a world like this, The impulse to have things our own way, the way we want it, is almost as old as time. When Jesus walked this earth and he said, if you want to know God, watch me, so many groups were right there wanting to put in their order for Amazon Jesus. What did they want from him? Well, here's what the shopping cart looked like for some of the people. His disciples, some of his closest friends and followers, if their good friend did well, became popular, rose in the ranks, that it would be really good for them. They might have influence and power and prestige. James and John even put in an order for having special places on Jesus' right and left hand side when he got to his kingdom. Finally, they thought, I'll get my reward. There was also a bigger crowd around him the crowd of people that there were followers and fans. They had seen all the things that Jesus had done. And they thought, maybe, maybe he'll do something. For me now was the big question would jesus deliver or would he disappoint and we see a lot of that some truth and we'll shine some light on that around the area of palm sunday today is palm sunday so it's on your calendar uh you may have grown up in a church where that was a big deal and you celebrated palm Sunday, and, and kids would come marching and singing songs waving palm branches right or you may be here like I have no idea what that is. We'll fix that. Uh, Here's what actually happened on Palm Sunday. We'll look at Luke 19 together. It said, As Jesus approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you'll find a colt tied there, which no one has ever written. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, The Lord needs it. And those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? And they replied, The Lord needs it. (laughs) And it worked. (laughs) They brought it back to Jesus and they threw their cloaks on the colt and they put Jesus on it. And as they went along, People spread out their cloaks on the road, and when they came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they'd seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. The disciples must have thought, this is amazing, right? This is the moment we've been waiting for. Ask for stuff, people give you things. Just like that, because the Lord needs it. It was so great. And Jesus is getting pampered by the crowd, right? People are putting down their coats for his donkey to... Oh, that's very... That was very effective. Uh, Very... uh, So people put down their coats. He was pampered. Uh, Jesus thought, gosh, this can't get any better. People are singing songs about you. Jesus could do no wrong. Jesus is happy The crowd is happy. The disciples are happy. From one angle, it looks like Jesus was delivering on every promise that he could make. People were getting exactly what they wanted. Or were they really? Come up here and speak. (laughs) What people want and what they need so many times are very different things. Jesus knew that the crowd, the people around him, wanted him to be their king. It wasn't the first time that they tried to make him king. Actually, you may know the story of when Jesus fed 5,000 people. It says literally they tried to kidnap him and make him be their king so that he could provide everything that they wanted. When the crowd was yelling out, Hosanna, which means, save us, please. It was really a political ask. They were waving palm branches, which was a political symbol of of Jerusalem, of the Israelites. Then they asked Jesus to make Israel a strong nation again, the way it was like when King David and King Solomon were in control. Or just like in that Batman clip, Jesus was not who the crowd wanted but he was the one that the crowd needed. And there were other people in the crowd as well that were not getting what they wanted from Jesus either. You had people like the Romans who were worried and watching carefully to make sure that this small-town preacher didn't get out of hand, that maybe and hopefully he would be nice but tame, and maybe we want the same thing from Jesus. The Pharisees, who were the uh, religious leaders of the day, They wanted to make sure that Jesus did things right, did things according to the book, that he didn't rock the boat, that he did things the way it was supposed to be done around here. And maybe we want the same thing from our Jesus. We have all these different things that asks for our Amazon Jesus. And Todd Bolsinger, a guy who writes a lot about leadership, particularly in the church, said, leadership is disappointing your people at a rate they can tolerate. And Jesus disappointed people beyond what they could tolerate. The crowd of people during this holy week were quickly changed. They went from crowning him to try to killing him. Jesus rode his donkey in part to protest against the Jews, telling him that he would be their next military king that they wanted. Jesus was declaring on Palm Sunday that he was there to give us what we need and not necessarily what we want. It's easy to feel like this could be a disappointment, right? Does he really care about me if he doesn't give me what I want? It can feel like getting what you need instead of getting what you want. It feels like second best. Not as good, but we live in a world where so many things that are second best are amazing. If you think about all the inventions that as the people tried to build them or discover them, were complete failures, but ended up being amazing things. Huge successes. Spencer Silver tried to make an amazing adhesive and failed and failed and came up with this sort of semi-sticky substance. And his friend joked about it. He said, well, it would make a great bookmark. You could always take it off, and it would never tear the page. That became the post-it note. Wilson Greatbatch, in 1956, was trying to record heart sounds, but he put the wrong transmitter, transistor in his invention, and it ended up affecting the heart of the patient. He then discovered the pacemaker. Pharmacist John Pemberton was looking for this great mix, get this, cocaine, caffeine, and alcohol. Right? A healthy breakfast blend. Uh, <laughs> And his goal was to cure people from morphine addiction. And so in, ni- in 1886, he sold the first bottle of Coca-Cola. During Prohibition, they had to remove the alcohol part of it. And then 20 years later, amazingly, the cocaine finally had to be removed. Uh, Percy Spencer also worked with magnetrons. And as he was doing, this, doing his research, he discovered that the candy bar in his pocket had melted, super safe work conditions, right? And he discovered that this was something that people wanted. So in 1945, he filled out his patent for his metal cooking box called the microwave. All of these discovers, discoveries were not what they wanted. They were failures. But it ended up being exactly what we needed and have changed our lives in so many ways. We see the same reality play out uh, in life. If you hear people's stories, as we all do, everybody's got a a story of where something didn't turn out, but it was exactly what you needed. The thing you're pursuing wasn't necessarily the thing you're after. We've talked about this uh, in previous Sundays here at Storyline, where our strongest desire is not as important as our deepest desire. The thing you want is not necessarily the thing you need. The drinking, eating, porning, shopping, scrolling, working, pretending, numbing are all just ways to escape from that thing that we really, really need. I know for me, I just wanted simply the perfect life. That's all I was asking for, right? No, to be honest, I just wanted people to think that I had the perfect life. That I had life the way I wanted it, when I wanted it, how I wanted it, where I wanted it, but it was all based on a make-believe. It became abundantly clear to me that something, probably me, it was me, mostly me, that needed a change. It was costing the people I loved way too much. And that season of life was really, really painful. It was so much work. We had to deal with all the hurt, how we'd not listened to each other or cared for each other. We were not honest with each other. I had to learn to say what i really wanted and really needed and possibly get rejected it was the absolutely hardest time of my life But as i look back it was the best thing that ever happened to me it shaped my heart opened me up to experiencing joy be fully present in pain instead of running from it to be honest i really am the things that i need it showed me that i need jesus and his grace and that it shaped my marriage, my friendships, and my family, and I'd never want to go back, but I would not be who I am today if I wouldn't have went through it. I wouldn't choose it, no way, but I would never change it. I'm wondering if you've got things like that in your life. What's something you didn't want but ended up really, really needing? And is it possible that the things we want is not as good or good for us as the things we need? I think that's what Jesus was trying to tell the people then and now on Palm Sunday. On Palm Sunday, the Jewish crowd wanted freedom from their Roman oppressors. But Jesus knew that the Jewish people were enslaved to much more than the Roman army. They were enslaved to their own laws, the systems that they had set up to earn God's favor, to their sin, There was a lot that they needed to be freed from. We see this if we go on. If you continue to read in Luke 19 about Palm Sunday, he says, As Jesus approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If only you had known this day what would really bring you peace, what you really needed. Sometimes our circumstances are not the biggest thing we need rescuing from. We can see Jesus' priorities in an early interaction that he had with a paralytic man. Maybe you know the story. The four friends bring bring their paralyzed friend. There's no room to go see Jesus. They cut a hole in the roof, and they lower him down in front of Jesus. And then Jesus says, friend, your sins are forgiven. He was not giving people what they wanted. The Pharisees in the room were saying, there's no way you can say that. You can't say that you forgive sins. You are not God. The friends on the roof were saying, it's his legs, his legs. And so Jesus knew that this guy had more going on than just uh, what was going on with his body. Jesus says this, knowing all the things that were going on. He said, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? He says, but I want you to know that the Son of Man, who is Jesus, has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. In Jesus' economy, the bigger issue is not the man's body, but his relationship with him. I get the chance to work with, in Capernaum, which is Young Life's ministry to folks with disabilities, and I hear this time and time and time again from my friends there they remind me all the time that what's going on between them and Jesus is way more important than what's going on in their bodies. Jesus gave the man both what he needed and what he wanted. And for lots of times, it's more than just a preference, right? That what we need is just a little bit better than what we want, like vanilla over chocolate, and in the end, it gets you to the same spot. But oftentimes in our life, what we want gets in the way of what we need and to really get there it takes some surrender on the road to getting what we need and maybe we have to say goodbye to some of our favorite distractions or hiding places in order to let God show us what we really need speaking of what we really need I need to get back to Sam who is stuck on the other side of the lake we left him out there Uh, (laughs) Sam, one of the great things about Sam is his independence. Sam, but also Sam has this deep love for people. He loves to to love people and loves to be loved by people. And it got to be supper time, and we hear this knock on the door of the camper. And Sam was back. He had gotten a taste of what he wanted, and it really didn't satisfy the way he thought it would. Sam's our deep connector. He wanted to be with us. And I said, Sam, what about the contract? He said, let me see it. And he ripped it up. I don't know if you could see all the tape on it. (laughs) But he ripped it up. Sam had the strength to sacrifice what he wanted for what he needed. We invited him in for supper, and we even went out for ice cream afterwards to celebrate that Sam was home. (laughs) He didn't rule the world, but he did have a place where he belonged and he was loved. And maybe that's what he was looking for in the first place. And maybe... It's true for us. Jesus wants to give us our deepest desires. He knows it takes surrender and sacrifice on both our part and his. Jesus had a choice to make. Would he take the vote of the crowd and let them make him king, or would he surrender his strongest desire, the will to live, to get his deepest desire to set us free? And as he pointed his donkey to Jerusalem, He knew he was marching to his death. This was the beginning of the end. His surrender so that we could have our deepest desires, to have a place where we belong and we are loved.
1: The salvation army band is playing and you grace re-
0: if we surrender and let Jesus give us what we need one of the questions that pops up in my mind is how can I feel safe in a world that I don't control I think part of that is depends on who holds it will Jesus deliver or disappoint it depends on our expectations still a good song (laughs) he is who he is and we need him we can't control him but we can trust him. Is it possible that he wants to give us our deepest need? And that's not second best, but it's the very, very best. We know and we read throughout Scripture that God is love. And if you look in 1 Corinthians 13 and substitute God for love, we begin to see a picture of what God's really like. It says this, that God is patient, God is kind, God does not envy. God does not boast or is proud. God does not dishonor others. God is not self-seeking. God is not easily angered. God keeps no record of wrongs. God does not, not delight in evil. God rejoices with the truth. God always protects. God always trusts. God always hopes. God always perseveres and God never fails. Jesus made his choice, and we get to make ours. It's not always easy. My favorite line in that song, and maybe any Rich Mullins songs is this, is that I'd rather fight you for something I don't really want than take what you give that I need. That's my life. Maybe it's yours. Jesus knows what I need, and he knows what you need. He knows our deepest desires because he placed them there. Jesus knew the crowd wanted him to overthrow the Romans in order to save the Jews, and Jesus wanted to save the Jews too, but he had a bigger dream. He also wanted to save the Romans and the Pharisees and the Zealots and us, and that wouldn't happen by conquering them. Like Commissioner Gordon says in this Batman clip to his son, We'll hunt him, even though he's done nothing wrong, because he can take it and try to kill him. And we did. Because he's not our hero. He's our guardian and our watchful protector. He frees us from the pressure of having to rule the world. Not what we wanted, but oh, what we needed. Hosanna. Let me pray. Father, thank you for giving us the best. Thank you for knowing us well enough to know what we need. Father, as we leave and we run into so many choices this afternoon, help us to know that you hold us. Father, give us the strength to surrender to you. Help give us the curiosity to know what you're really like. Father, uh, as we order things, remind us of you as we hear these songs, remind us of you. This week, as you march towards Jerusalem, pray that we would go with you. In your name we pray, amen. Enjoy your day.